Thanks for listening to this audio podcast from Crossgate Church in Hot Springs, Arkansas. We invite you to visit us at crossgate.org. It is our hope that you will hear from God and draw closer to Him through this service. I would ask you to find in your copy of God's Word, Matthew chapter 2. Matthew chapter 2 in your Bible, whether you have a a Bible there or a device of some kind. uh, Let's find Matthew chapter 2, and we're going to dive into that in just a moment. As you're finding that, let me remind you of our Who's Your One emphasis coming up in January, where we're asking everyone at Crossgate Church to pray about that one person in your sphere who doesn't know Jesus. Begin to pray for them and look for opportunities to invite them to join us here with worship and teaching at Crossgate Church to introduce them to Jesus Christ. As you know, mentioned last week, we have prayer guides on the table in the mall area uh, with 30 days of prayer in January for that person, that one. So make sure you have one of those prayer guides and get that so that you're ready to launch into praying for your one beginning on January 1st. Now this morning I want to talk just for a moment and think about American pop culture. Because in American pop culture over the years there have been a number of celebrities, whether they be athletes or media stars or whomever, who have been known as the king of blank or something king or, or there's been many kings across the pop culture landscape in America. For example, you got this guy who is LeBron James, also known as King James, right? King of the basketball court. Then you've got this guy whose reputation is a little tarnished, uh, but nevertheless, when I was younger, he was, he was absolutely the king of pop, right? Michael Jackson was the king of pop. Then you have this guy, King Kong, also known as King Kong, right? You had King Kong. And then you have this guy. Everybody knows this next guy, all right? Elvis Presley was known as the king of rock and roll, or sometimes for short, just the king. Interesting story, and I know this happened because I heard the recording of it on YouTube. 1974, Elvis is on a platform putting on a show, and he looks down in the second or third row, and he sees a young lady holding up a sign that simply said, Elvis is the king. And when he saw that sign... He stopped the performance. He said, hold up, hold up. And then he said these words. And I'm going to try my best Elvis impersonation here, okay? He said, thank you, darling. Thank you very much. The thought is beautiful, dear, and I love you for it, but I can't accept this kingship. To me, there's only one king, and that's Jesus Christ. Now, that's what Elvis said, all right? I I can't say I agree with Elvis all the time, but praise God, I believe with Elvis on that one. Jesus is the king, all right? Now, this morning, we're going to talk about that. But not just that Jesus is the king, we're going to talk about the fact that the king is worthy. All right, so let's begin reading in Matthew chapter 2, verse 1. By the way, for the sake of time, so that we can hear from our missionaries uh, later in the message, Tracy and Shauna Ship, I'm going to bracket out the part of this passage having to do with King Herod. Not to say King Herod's not important, but we're focusing on the Magi and the Lord Jesus Christ. So just so you know, that's where we're going. Verse 1. Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. And then they went on their way, and behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshiped him. And then opening their treasures, 
They offered him gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh, and then they departed to their own country. This morning we're going to see that Jesus Christ the King is worthy of many things, the first of which is this, he's worthy of our presence. Jesus Christ is worthy of our presence. Now, who were these magi anyway? Well, they were these kind of a cross guys, they were basically a cross between scholars of astronomy and astrology, as well as powerful political advisors and they also kind of dabbled in Jewish messianic prophecies that they had heard through the book of Daniel and through other things that they had heard in the Babylonian and Persian context. So when these guys looked into the sky and they saw the heavenly bodies aligning with the messianic prophecies about a king, they kind of geeked out. And they said, road trip, we're going to see this. And so they loaded up their things and they traveled no less than 500 miles, probably more than 600 miles on foot and on the backs of camels and horses and who knows what. But this was a long, long journey. As a matter of fact, it took them no less than probably three months to travel from where they were at to where they saw Jesus. And by the way, there wasn't a Cracker Barrel or a Bucky's anywhere to be found. No beaver nuggets for these guys, all right? But listen to me. Seeing Jesus... And being physically present to see Jesus and experience Jesus was priority for them, right? And, and they knew what we already know. Whenever it comes to anything in life, there's nothing like being there. Isn't that right? There's nothing like being there. Or as every leader knows, physical presence reveals priorities. Did you know that? You know, your physical presence is always, and this is not just for leaders, this is for anybody, whatever you're willing to take yourself to and be physically present for, that communicates priority in this world. You show me where you physically go, and I'll tell you what your priorities are. So Jesus was worthy. They knew Jesus was worthy of their presence. They didn't say, hey, can we just get this on a Zoom call, please? No. They were willing to load up, travel Five to 600 miles over three months' time simply to be physically present with Jesus. Now, I say that Jesus in the King is worthy of our physical presence. It kind of brings up something in my mind that, that's been on my heart and mind for at least a year now. And that is something that most churches are struggling with uh, in the last year to 18 months. So, most church experts will tell you that before COVID hit, most churches in America, the average church member attended church physically on the campus two to three times a month. That's the average church member, two to three times a month. Post-COVID, that average has dropped to one to two times a month, physically present on the campus. Of course, what happened is during COVID, we wanted to ensure that people had a way to connect, and there was distancing and all the rest, right? I mean, and, and understandably so. So we offered online options and we had other means and ways for people to stay connected to their church in the midst of a pandemic. And that was all for the, for the sake of accessibility. We wanted people to have access to their churches in spite of all these constraints, okay? But here's what happened. What happened is this. Many people began to confuse accessibility for convenience, and somehow people started to believe, you know what, it's not that important for me to be there physically when I can maybe stay in touch in different ways. But the fact is, there's nothing like being there. And ultimately, as we come out of all this COVID and everything else, physical presence is going to reveal priorities. 
Okay, physical presence is going to reveal priorities. And, and every pastor worth his salt right now is, is probably feeling a little burdened. He's probably feeling a little troubled that, that, that because things have largely returned back to where they were in terms of coming and going and this, that, and the other, there, there's, this, there's this now pandemic of, of sporadic church attendance where, pe- where people are just kind of coming and going and I'm, just, I'm here this Sunday and then maybe I'll miss two or three Sundays and, and just coming and going. We see this at Crossgate Church. We see it at churches all across America. I will tell you, I'm, I'm challenged, I'm encouraged, I'm convicted when I look at these magi traveling all of this way, going out of their way to be physically present with Jesus. I will tell you, one of the biggest things that you can do for yourself and for your family is to make a commitment to be consistently attending your church in 2023, physically, consistently attending. Look, I got it. There's, there's things that keep us away from time to time. Certainly work. Some people work on Sundays here and there. Uh, some people are sick. I got that right now. We're dealing with flu and so forth in our area, and there's people that are out today. We had a couple of people that were supposed to be baptized today. They had to wave off at the last minute because their house got hit with flu. There's vacations. Look, you know me well enough to know I'm not some uber-legalistic uber guy I mean, I'm the pastor. I'm not even here 52 Sundays out of the year, okay? I mean, you know that, right? But I will tell you, you will do your family a favor if you challenge one another to make physical church attendance a consistent thing in your life in 2023. All right, that's the first thing. Jesus the King is worthy of our presence. Jesus the King is worthy of our worship. Look back in the Scripture. When they first rolled into Jerusalem, they said, we've come to worship the King. And then when they actually found Jesus, they bowed down and worshipped Jesus, which is one of the first glimpses of deity, the, the deity of Jesus, that, that, that Jesus is God. He's not just a good teacher. He's not just a good moral guy. He's not some kind of demigod out there. He is God because that's the only person that gets worshipped in the Bible is God. So when you see these guys and others, here's some other glimpses just so you know. This is establishing a trajectory, Matthew chapter 14. The disciples who were in the boat worshipped Jesus and said, Truly, you are the Son of God. John chapter 9, the the story of the man born blind whom Jesus healed. Jesus said to the man, Do you believe in the Son of Man? And he answered, And who is he, sir, that I may believe in him? And Jesus said to him, You have seen him, and it is he who is speaking to you. He said, Lord, I believe, and he worshipped Jesus. I love that story. And then how about this from Luke 24? Jesus Jesus gathers his disciples, and then he ascends to heaven. Listen to what happened. Jesus led his disciples out as far as Bethany, and lifting up his hands, he blessed them. And while he blessed them, he parted from them and was carried up into heaven. And they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. May I tell you something that you probably already know? This Christmas season... This Christmas season, the absolute best thing that you can do with your heart and your mind and all of your energies is to worship Jesus Christ. He is worthy of our worship. Here's the third thing. Jesus, the king, is also worthy of our treasure. Look back in the scripture. The Magi, when they found Jesus, they worshiped him, then they opened their little treasure boxes and showered him with gold and frankincense and myrrh. Costly items that belonged to them, but they said, Jesus is worthy of my treasure. Now, when I was a little boy, my grandparents had a little little ceramic nativity set. 
that was given to them by uh, some of their church members. My grandfather was a pastor. And uh, the lady who gave this to them actually crafted these on her own and painted them and so forth and, and gave them over. When my grandparents passed, uh, they came to me. Now, as a little boy going to my grandparents' house, and I, and I always remember looking at this little nativity scene, I will be honest, I didn't care about the shepherds. I didn't care about Mary and Joseph. I'll be honest with you, I didn't even care about baby Jesus. I just wanted to see the wise men, man. I mean, I just wanted to see these guys and play with them, and they would have little, little conversations. Why? You see this little treasure box? This guy, I mean, he's got a treasure box just with pearls and jewels cascading down out of the treasure box. He's got all these precious stones here. And then this guy. I mean, listen, he's almost got as many rings as Tom Brady. Look at all those rings he's got. Rubies and diamonds, and he's got this cool necklace. And I was so enamored and mesmerized by these guys because of all their riches. But as a, as a grown man now, and I've got these, these little guys and, and all their little entourage there at the house set up this year. As a grown man now, I realize that, that these guys who, yes, came across to me as the bling kings in a sense. I mean, they didn't come to flex on everybody else in, in Bethlehem. They came in order to lay this at Jesus' feet because he was worthy of their treasure. He was worthy of their treasure. Now, at Crossgate Church, we believe that Jesus is worthy of our treasure. You know, in the Bible, we, we follow the principles that were revealed in the Old Testament way back in the days of Abraham, long before Moses and the law ever was put in place, and principles that were affirmed in the New Testament as well, the principle of the tithes and the offerings. Uh, tithe is just a fancy word, literally means tenth or ten percent. Uh, it, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a portion of what we, we return back to God, back to Jesus that, that he's given to us, he's given it to us, and we return a portion back to him. It's not some rigid, legalistic uh, rule. Okay, Again, you know me well enough. I'm not a rigid legalist. It's a principle all right, that's affirmed in the Scripture. Uh, it's not a ceiling either, for that matter. You know, uh, there's nothing that says you can't give any more than this. I will tell you, my wife and I, when we first got married, and I was a full-time student for, for three years, the first three years of our marriage, we were, we were on the, the, I mean, listen, Sam's Club was date night for us. We went around and got the little, I remember back in the free samples. You remember free samples? Of Sam? That was date night for us, right? But we decided early on, we're going to return a portion back to the Lord. Ten, tenth of what he's given us, we're going to return back to him. Uh, since then, long ago, the 10% has been in our rearview mirror. And, and, and we want to do more. God willing, we want to do more. But to return back to Jesus a portion, because he's worthy of our treasure. Offerings, same kind of thing. We return back to God as he leads us. Uh, some of our treasure for things like feed the need, uh, special missions offerings that we'll talk about when Tracy and Sean are here with us, uh, hoodies for the homeless, adopting uh, families from Cutter School for Christmas, all these different opportunities, and this is a very generous church. But I would simply tell you that Jesus, as a reminder, he is worthy of our treasure. But lastly, I want to share with you that Jesus is worthy of our witness. Jesus is worthy of our witness. Now, there's probably 10 traditions about the Magi for every single thing we know about them spelled out in Scripture. You know that, right? I mean, probably more than anybody else in the entire Bible, these guys have been more embellished in tradition than anybody else. For example, how many Magi were there? Oh, th that's good, because we don't know. Some people said three in the first service, and I caught them, right? But the fact is, we don't know. The Bible doesn't say. Tradition says there's three. Okay? What were their names? 
The Bible doesn't say. But tradition later on kind of was embellished so that they actually have three names now. Caspar, uh, Belteshazzar, and Melchior. You say, where did those come from? I have no idea. Some dude just pulled them out of thin air and said, that's their names, because it's not in the Bible. Right? Here's one that I had not heard till recently. Tradition says that 40 years after they saw Jesus, I guess they were on a book tour or something, I don't know, but they were in India, and they met the apostle Thomas, whom tradition says went to India and preached the gospel, and he baptized all three of them. Where's that found? Well, it's certainly not in the Bible. Oh, and check this out. If you think that is crazy, listen to this. 300 years after these guys died, tradition says that Constantine, the emperor Constantine, his mother, I guess she, she was into antiquing or something, and she went to this place, and she found the remains, like the bones and the skull and all this of the, of the magi, and she put them in a gold box. And evidently, anything you would touch to one of their skulls would receive magical powers. Again, oh, by the way, supposedly those remains are now in the, in the cathedral in Cologne, Germany. You can go and see this golden box where their remains evidently are supposedly in there. Here's the thing. None of that's in the Bible, okay? None of it's in the Bible. 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 And all God's people said, none of it's in the Bible, right? Okay? But, so, so what can we say? Well, I can tell you this. We can say that the, that the Magi came, they saw, and they went back to their home country. And, I, and listen, if I was a wagering man, if, if I was a betting man, I would be willing to wager a lot of money that when they went back, they were talking about what they saw and heard. I mean, can, can everybody agree with that? There's no way that these guys who were so geeked out on knowledge and information and scholarship didn't return back. I mean, they were like, you will never believe what we saw. It was unbelievable. We saw, and his name's Jesus. I mean, they would have known his name was Jesus, right? Because, I mean, Mary and Joseph knew his name was Jesus. Surely they said, what's his name? Mary and Joseph said, his name is Jesus. That's what the angel told us. His name is Jesus. And so they, they went back talking. They probably couldn't stop talking about Jesus, about what they had seen and heard. See, because they realized that Jesus Christ was worthy of their witness. They were the first international missionaries. So I was reading an article this week. It was actually one of these, uh, you know, write a letter to an advice columnist. Why am I reading that? I have no idea, but I happen to be reading it, okay? And the, the letter said this, Dear so-and-so, I think my new boyfriend might be pocketing me. Is that healthy? You say, what's pocketing? Well, that's, a new, that's kind of a new word in, in, in the language these days. Well, the article went on to explain what pocketing is. Pocketing is where you are in a relationship with somebody, like a boyfriend or a girlfriend, and, and they want to have this relationship with you, but you never actually tell anybody else about them, right? So if you're being pocketed, then they're never going to tell their, their friends or their family about you. Uh, they're never going to talk to, you, uh, talk to their coworkers about you. They're not going to post anything on social media about you. And obviously, the, the advice columnist said being pocketed is not a good thing. It's not healthy. I mean, if you're in a relationship with someone, and yet you never want to tell anybody else about it, that's not healthy. Now, can I just cut to the chase, y'all, as we talk about the fact that Jesus is worthy of our witness? Some of y'all are guilty of pocketing Jesus. Oh, oh yes, I'm saved. He's my Lord and Savior. No, I really never talk about that with anybody. Pocketing Jesus. See, here, here's, why, here's why we keep this in front of our church almost on a weekly basis. This idea of being outward-focused, and gospel conversations, 
and pray and go and neighborhood hangouts and who's your one and all of these things. Because as a minister of the gospel and as your pastor, I would be derelict in my duties if I was not challenging you on a regular and consistent basis to be witnesses. Because Jesus is worthy of our witness. There's only one way you're going to not hear Phil Kramer talk about being witnesses, and that is if y'all get rid of me as your pastor. That's the only way I'm going to stop telling you to be witnesses for Jesus Christ. Locally, we have so many opportunities. And by the way, we still have a bunch of invite cards for our Christmas Eve service. Uh, We gave out, as I said last week, we gave out, I think, 1,000 at the Christmas parade. Uh, Our elders and I gathered at the uh, Angel Tree uh, ministry event yesterday for the Salvation Army, and I was able to not only preach the gospel to almost every person that came through there, but almost every one of them got an invite card to our Christmas Eve service. Uh, My wife and I are going to carry some handmade goodies around to our entire neighborhood this afternoon and hand out an invite card and invite people. I challenge you, I encourage you, be a witness and invite people to this Christmas Eve service we're having. We're going to share the gospel. It's going to be very simple and evangelistic and lifting Jesus up. Invite people to the Christmas Eve service. That's the local witness. But you know what? Years ago, long before I ever came as pastor, this church, Crossgate Church, decided that it would also have a global witness. And, and so much so that, that there had been a few families from Crossgate that had been raised up and equipped and called and sent to the far corners of the earth. One of those couples' names is Tracy and Shauna Ship, and I'm going to invite them to come on up here and join me on the stage because we want to hear from them today. Here's a couple from Crossgate who, who said that Jesus is worthy of our witness, and uh, we've, had, we've got a number of people uh, at Crossgate who have come to, to our church since Tracy and Shauna left and, and are not familiar with a lot of what God has been doing in and through them in Bangkok, Thailand. And so today, we're going to get a chance to hear from them. And then, of course, in the loft area, immediately after this service, we're going to serve a light lunch, and you'll have an opportunity to get to meet them and to have a question and answer time with Tracy and Shauna. So give it up for Tracy and Shauna Ship as they come this morning. Tracy, Shauna, thank you so much for being with us and taking of your time. I know you have a limited amount of time here in the States before you head on back, and so for you to spend the morning and the day with us, it just it absolutely warms my heart, and I can't tell you how much I appreciate it. But because we have a number of people at our church who just are not familiar with you, certainly haven't seen you in person, tell us a little bit about your past relationship with Crossgate and, 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 and what God has been doing just in terms of calling you into foreign missions. Crossgate is our church home. We are members here. And so you guys are family, whether you know us or not. Uh, we love you all, whether you know us. <laughs> so um, before, um, we've been married for 23 years. Um, and before going to Thailand six years ago, um, I had served on staff here for almost 15 years. Uh, the last role was as the executive pastor. So when I left, Brian Oswalt came in uh, to take that role. So that's kind of our relationship with Crossgate. So tell me how y'all transitioned from Hot Springs, Arkansas to to Bangkok, Thailand. That's quite a move. Uh, Yes. (laughs) So in 2002, um, I went over to teach English um, for a month over uh, in Bangkok, and I immediately fell in love with the people and the culture. Um, But it took me and the Holy Spirit uh, about five years for Tracy to get over there. Um, And... uh, 
I wanted him to come over and see what had captured my heart. And so it was then that we decided that we would start the process of um, becoming full-time missionaries. But life happened, and it was a little more than um, eight years later when I was working with a local group to raise awareness about human trafficking um, that God gave me the idea for the Scarlet Thread Ministry. And I thought that it was supposed to be a ministry here at Crossgate. Um, But it wasn't for like another year and a half before the Spirit, again, revealed to Tracy that my idea of the Scarlet Thread had absolutely nothing to do with Crossgate or Hot Springs or even America for that matter, that it had to do with this little country on about 9,000 miles on the other side of the world. Um, So our name, the Scarlet Thread, comes from the story of Rahab in Joshua 2, where God not only used, um, but protected and blessed a prostitute. So it was, uh, that's why we're there. So then slide, please. So you can read our mission, um, but our purpose is that um, by weaving the scarlet thread of Christ through the torn and broken lives we encounter, we believe that love, acceptance, and renewal can flourish. And we've seen that in the program that I'll talk about in just a minute. Praise God. So I just, I love the fact that y'all are just, I mean, y'all are right in the trenches in in some very difficult situations that, that God has called you to. So uh, about two years ago, the Lord laid it on our heart as a church to take up a special mission offering. We contacted y'all and said, hey, could, could y'all please identify just a couple of very special projects, and, and let's, let's rally our forces here and support that. Uh, and, and just so you know, the way we do missions at Crossgate Church, uh, we kind of have a hybrid model, so we do partner with the Southern Baptist Convention. That is the denomination with which we partner for global and local missions, and a portion of what we give at Crossgate Church, first of all, 10% of every, of every dollar given to Crossgate Church goes directly to missions. I mean, that, that's, that's huge. It warms my heart. It warms our elders' hearts to see that. Uh, and then a portion of that 10% will support ministry endeavors with the Southern Baptist Convention. Uh, but a portion of that also supports Tracy and Shauna, as well as Clinton Crystal and some of our other missions families. So, so there's this hybrid model. But in addition to that, we wanted to have this, this special missions offering, which we did. We set no goal you guys set no goal. Let's just let's no just t- yeah. Let's just tell the story and and just see how the Lord moves. And this, listen, Crossgate Church gave twenty five thousand dollars to these mission projects. So tell us about what's going on with those projects, Tracy. Yeah. So the gift came through in November of twenty twenty, and this is kind of our first opportunity, personally, just to say thank you uh, for your love and support. And despite COVID and what was going on at that time, Cross. Uh, Thailand was in its third wave. Um, that gift allowed seven women to go through our Bible study job training program. Shauna's going to show you some pictures and talk about that. And then we still have funds for another four to six women, for four to six more women to go through it when we open back up in 2023. But Shauna's going to show you a few slides and kind of talk about it just a little. Okay, so... Um the slide, please. Okay, so this is uh, program one, and we had five beautiful ladies that got to come through. Um, our program is set up as a six-month program, where for the first three months, they go through uh, like a classroom setting where we teach them the Bible. We do trauma healing with them. Uh, We do uh, life skills. We do job training. Um, Tracy does budgeting because they're terrible with money. 
Uh, we also do like a character building and team building. And uh, so that's for the first three months. And then the second th three months, they get to go into an internship uh, at a local business. It's usually a Christian business. And uh, they get to um, have that on-job training uh, where they uh, learn to have a God-honoring job. So this is the uh, pictures of our first uh, group of five ladies. Four of them um, became believers and active in church. This is our second group. It was done all online. We had two ladies to go through that. Um, teaching job training online was quite fun, I can say, uh, but they were able to go and do their um, internship, and so uh, we have a lady at a coffee shop, and well, actually both of them did coffee shops, and um, one of them has a real knack for jewelry and making jewelry, so uh, yeah, they're just um, incredible ladies, but um, we don't require them to be a believer when they come into the program, but um, after just a few weeks of studying the Bible, they all come to know the Lord and identify themselves as a believer. Even the one that didn't make an actual profession of faith, she just really enjoyed learning the Bible. Then we have ongoing um, outreach that we are looking for ladies for our next program uh, that we will start when we get back. Thanks to the, the offering, we're able to continue to do that by um, taking them gifts and things. We'll talk about that more in our Q&A, uh, but you can see some of the potential ladies that we have up there. There's a church that you guys are, I mean, that's really your, your hub, right? Tell us, tell us briefly about your church. It is. When we went to Thailand six years ago, you may remember us talking about one of the goals we had was to plant a church, and we wanted to plant a Thai church. A lot of, a lot of American churches go to different countries and plant international churches. They use English. But for us, God laid it on our heart. We want it to be fully in Thai. Obviously, a challenge for us, but uh, it was the best thing. Well, we, in November of 2020, we found a place to rent, and we opened for one Sunday. Well, then the third wave of COVID hit, and in 2021, we had to shut down for almost the whole year, much like in the U.S. We were only able to open 15 Sundays. Uh, we went online. I learned how to edit videos and do lots of different things on Facebook, which I had never done before. That was fun. Um, but through that, in January of this year, we were able to open back up. And since January, we have seen God just do an amazing work. And we're so excited. We've baptized 10 people already this year. And we've been talking to our team a lot. We meet with them every week. And there are five more people waiting for us when we get back to be able to baptize them. Um, we're going to share a lot more about the church in the Q&A. So hopefully you guys can come and, and hear more about that. So Praise we're just excited. God. Praise God. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that, Tracy. So, okay, so how, and I think I speak for everyone here, how can we how can we better support you and, and partner with y'all, just even as individuals? Yeah, if you look at the next slide, um, we talk a lot about the less than 1%. So you have 71 million people in the country of Thailand. You have 0.7% that identify as followers of Jesus. Now just stop and think about that for just a moment. Less than 1% of the people in Thailand, a lot of those have never even heard his name. Uh, we'll go to a place, and uh, our team will go at Christmas, 150 students that have never heard the name of Jesus. In a room, imagine being in a room like this, and nobody in here has ever heard his name, but you're the only Christian in the room. That's the environment that we're in, in a daily basis. God's moving, and we're excited. But here's how you can help with us. Just pray for us. 
Um, we get text messages from some of you, and that means the world to us, emails. So, hey, I'm praying for you guys today. Um, there are days where it's very challenging. And so when we know that there are people back in the States, especially at our home church in Crossgate that are praying, it kind of lifts your shoulders just a little bit. It kind of helps you kind of push through that. The second thing is give. Um, when you give to Crossgate, as Pastor Phil was sharing, a portion of that comes to our ministry, and that allows us to stay there. Um, it takes more than that to do what we do, but because of your gifts, your tithes and offerings, we're able to go. And you guys are a part of that through your giving, so please continue that. And the third thing is just serve. As our ministry has grown, we are asking God, God, please send workers. We would love to have a, a, a couple, an intern, someone come join us. But we also need help on this side through social media, being advocates for what we're doing. So um, as you leave, there's going to be a, a, a prayer book that you're going to be handed. Inside that is one of our prayer cards. We also have a table out in the mall area. Sign up for our newsletter. Um, catch us and say, hey, I'd love to be a part of what you guys are doing. And we can start a conversation about that. But what we would ask mostly, just keep praying. Um, your prayers are allowing the Spirit to work in a mighty way through what we're doing, and we're, we're thankful for that. Yeah, praise the Lord. Thank you so much, Tracy and Shauna. So uh, one of the things that I mentioned, I think a few weeks ago to our church, was that we are in the initial stages of, of putting together a team to send over next year to Thailand uh, in support of the needs that y'all have expressed. And so, uh, so we're excited to, to kind of take that to the next level. But right now, what we want to do, church, is we want to partner in prayer. And we're going to close the service out with a, with a time of prayer for Tracy and Shauna. I'm going to ask our elders who are in attendance in this service and our deacons as well as members of our prayer team to join me on the platform, and we are going to pray for Tracy and Shauna. So come on up, brothers and sisters who are part of those, those groups, and we're going to have a special time of prayer, and then we can't wait to have lunch with you all upstairs and have some sweet fellowship time. All right, Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you so much for a couple that loves you, recognizes that, that Jesus, you are worthy of their witness. And you called them from Hot Springs, Arkansas, all the way to the other side of the world, to Bangkok, Thailand, to meet people right where they're at. Lord, you love us so much that you meet us where we're at, but you also love us enough not to leave us there. And that's really what Tracy and Shauna are doing. They, they meet these ladies and these other people in Bangkok right where they're at. They love them so much. And yet, God, you've given them a, a burden, a, a passionate and compassionate burden for these people that they would help them to know Jesus. We think of John chapter 17 and verse 3, that they may know you, Jesus Christ. And Jesus, we pray that, that their witness would be effective. I pray that you'd fill them with your Holy Spirit. I pray that you pave the way for greater uh, depths of work. I, I praise God for these ten followers of Jesus who were baptized and these other five who are, who are eagerly saying, what is going to hinder me from being baptized and, and give, a, give a public profession of my faith? And so, God, I pray as we continue to partner with Tracy and Shauna, you'd give us wisdom in terms of knowing all the different ways that we can do that and help us to do it eagerly. Bless their time and seeing family and friends while they're still here in the States and then give them a safe passage back to the place and the land to which you called them, Bangkok, Thailand. We love you, we love Tracy and Shauna, and we thank you so much for this time together with them. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. God bless you, Tracy. God bless you, Shauna. Friends, as we mentioned, we're going to have that time of question and answer and a light lunch served in our loft area. Immediately out in the mall area, just go right up the stairs. 
Uh, you're all invited. Can't wait to see you there. I thank you, church, for being a church that recognizes that Jesus Christ is worthy. He is the King, and He's worthy of everything we are and ever hope to be. I pray you have a blessed, blessed day. You're dismissed, and you're loved. God bless. We invite you to join us in person at our campus located at 3100 East Grand Avenue in Hot Springs, Arkansas. If we can pray for you, send us an email at prayer at crossgate.org. Thanks again for listening to our audio podcast.